What's going on, folks? I want to welcome all of you to the Very Unsportsmanlike Podcast. My name is Quincy, and this is my podcast. And on this show, you know, we talk about sports, mainly the NFL, but we get down with other sports, too. And we try to discuss stuff sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone. You know how we do it. And joining me this evening, as usual, will be the homie Ray up there in Jersey and my man Buck down in Florida. Fellas, what's going on? What's up? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, America? What's All up, right. Ray, Q? We'll go ahead and, and kick things off. Before we get into the NFL, um, I do want to backtrack to college a little bit. And, I, man, Florida State. Florida State dropped the game to Jacksonville State. And they lost on the last play of the game. It was, it was you know, at home. It was kind of embarrassing to lose to a school that small for a friend. A school like Florida State, they lost 20 to 17. Um, they do hit a pass. I don't know how many yards it was, like 55 yards or something on the last play. I don't feel like the DBs made a great effort in tackling him, but, I mean, I guess that can be debated. But uh, just for whoever wants to discuss it, man, what do you think about Florida State and the state of that that college right now? Well, I mean, look at it like this. I mean, they do have the people necessary as far as trying to get things rolling in the right direction. Um, They got a little bit of a quarterback controversy between the guy that, you know, came off of – Horrific injury, probably the worst one I've ever seen a quarterback take. The one that came out of uh, Florida Atlantic or whatnot. And yeah. the deal is right now, they don't have a identity and they don't know who they want to play at quarterback. So they're, they've got a two head quarterback system. Well, you got to pick a quarterback. Um, I understand you might be trying to ease this kid in because it was, his injury was so horrific. I get it. But at the same time, I think it's time to make a choice. And, you know, the boosters want to see Florida State get back right in the top 25. And in order to do that, you got to pick a quarterback because this rotation at quarterbacks are not working. And really, you're breaking both quarterbacks down. One needs to know he's the starter. The other one needs to know he's the backup. So, therefore, you know, once that is established, then everything will start working in the right direction. So, they shouldn't have lost against Jacksonville State. Um, this is a huge upset because when you put somebody like that on the schedule and you're one of these big conference schools, ACC school, SEC, whatever, whatever conference you're in, <coughs> excuse me, whatever conference you're in, you have to – got to win that game. So they got a lot of work to do. Uh, I, think they're bought, I think they're buying into the new coach and the new system. But – it's only time's going to tell what really happens. But picking a quarterback yeah. is, would be way to go. And, Ray, I mean, we saw how they played against Notre Dame. They fought really hard and almost won that game. And you think they just fell asleep and just assumed that Jacksonville State was going to be a K-Walk? Well, I think it's a mistake for them to put bullshit schools on their schedule in the first place. So then when those t- teams come to play and they actually – you know, rise to the occasion, I think a lot of times you get these big schools, they're not ready for it. And I think that's what happened against Jacksonville State. And, you know, 
it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them in the polls, uh, popularity. It's going to cost them uh, recruits. a lot of embarrassment. Yeah, recruits and everything else. And, I mean, that's what they had coming to them. When you play these little schools and think you put the W on your schedule before you play the game, this is what happens. And, you know, Florida State, they got to do some uh, – some soul surgery because <laughs> you you expect to lose to two teams like uh like if they play Clemson or something like that you expect to lose to them, but you put uh, a loss on your record against a team that you should have beat by at least twenty points, mm-hmm. or thirty points, and you know it's just a bad look. But you know, yeah. congratulations to Jacksonville State. Florida State, you guys gonna have to get better, particularly you seniors. You guys step up and be leaders. Yeah, they on the clock. It looks bad. And another game, which was actually a really good game, was number twelve Oregon beating number three Ohio State thirty five twenty eight. And man, yeah. Oregon had quite a few injuries at some key positions, but um, it didn't seem to bother them. And they had some playmakers on defense in that game. Yeah. Yeah, them guys that secondary, they was they was really playing. McKinley the uh the third, he was really, really playing. That big guy gonna be really good. And uh on offense, they running back was uh man, he, he was just ripping them up the streets. And it's like Ohio State, they never could really catch their rhythm to get on the level that Oregon was on. I seen the game in the first quarter. That was like, man, they, they look like they're going to be in Ohio State, like they're going to be in trouble. And they was in trouble because Oregon <laughs> never took their foot off the gas. And, you know, they ended up getting this loss. But the thing about college, you get a loss early, you still end up recovering from that because Clemson has right. a loss and Ohio State has a loss. So, you know, they're going to find their way in that top four some kind of way. So... I mean, it's just now the, the pandemic is over. We've seen a lot of shocking upsets and stuff now in college and pro, so I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I just think some of these little these schools are stepping up and getting better recruit or maybe having better uh, coaching or, or something. I'm not sure what it could be as far as, uh, like, referencing back to Florida State. But as far as these two schools, Oregon, they really play – to go on the road and do this, Ohio State has never lost a regular season game under um, their current coach, Ryan Day. They usually just lose in the playoffs. So this was pretty big to be able to go on the road and do that. And as far as, like, some of the lesser schools are concerned, like Notre Dame struggled with Toledo – and they had to come back and beat Toledo 32 to 29. And um, then you had uh, Arkansas jumped all over Texas. Texas, you know, sometimes you get what you ask for. You want to be in the SEC. Well, there you go. Arkansas beat them by 19 points, number 15, Texas. And uh, then you had um, Appalachian State play Miami within two points. And, and so you had a, a lot of a lot of close games or upsets from some of these, these smaller schools. And so far I'm enjoying what I'm seeing out of college football. I've seen some pretty good games and 
Um, even though I still think Alabama's still the cream of the crop, it's still kind of good to see what else is going on. Nebraska plays Oklahoma this weekend. That probably shouldn't even be televised. I don't know why they were talking about, oh, you could throw the records out for this game. No, you can't. I think Oklahoma's going <laughs> to drop the hammer on Nebraska this weekend. And um, USC fired their coach. He had a pretty good record. I, can, I think he was like 41 and 26 or something. I mean, which isn't great, but I mean, he had a winning record. And what do you all think about some of these schools, some of these blue blood schools like USC and, and Florida State and these schools who have been good for a long time and now they're struggling? Uh, I mean, don't you think that's kind of like, maybe on the AD or is it bigger than just the, the coach when a school yeah. falls off like that? Oh yeah. It's, it's bigger than the coach. I mean, you, these boosters want to see winning and they want to see winning now. Um, these schools that we're talking about, you know, USC, you know, Florida state, Miami. I mean, these teams are where, they, you know, they're at the top of their divisions typically. They're, you know, they're going for the, you know, their particular conference championship. And when that doesn't happen over a course of time, and it's been a long time for those three schools in particular, um, Florida State hadn't done anything since Bobby Bowden left. Uh, Miami hadn't done anything since the 90s, maybe the early 2000s. USC hadn't done anything in the last 10 years. So the boosters of what's controlling what's going on. And if these players are starting to get paid, they want to see results and they want to see results now rather than later. They're not giving these coaches three or four years for them to buy into their program, get their recruits in and all that kind of stuff like they used to do. It's win now or your ass is fired. And that's the way it is. So with that being said, I mean, you on the clock as a as a college football coach, especially if you one of these bigger schools. You got to get your you got to get your people in there, and you got to start. You, you got to have you know, you got to get your your ducks in a row and get them in a row fast. And if not, you won't have a job. And but but Ray, do you think that it's kind of like maybe some of these these programs are just arrogant? They think all they have to do is show up and they're gonna get the best recruits. And um, like USC, to my they want an elite coach and all this stuff. I mean, it, it's almost seemed like the arrogance is part of the problem. Well, is uh, with college is always a smoke screen. So, you know, I think Alabama got one of the best smoke screens in the history of sports. <laughs> I mean, when you get when you get a big program like that, all the kids want to go there because they're winning and. They know they're going to be on TV. They know they're going to be in bowl games. And that's what's sexy. That's what sells. And when you're a school like USC, if you make the top 25, you're back number 23 and all that kind of stuff. USC didn't usually be like that. They was in the top 10 every year. You know, Reggie Bush and them was playing. And, you know, some of these other players and Heisman Trophy winners and stuff. And now it's kind of like um, they are an afterthought. But see, being that they are in California, and that's where the Rose Bowl is played, everybody wants to see them on top. And if they're not on top, they got to do whatever they got to do to make sure that they 
get back on top. So they're going to come in, they're going to give a coach some, some big money, and then, you know, hopefully they can get back on track. But that's still no guarantee. Because, see, with a big-time coach, it comes big-time recruiting. Mm-hmm. Because if you bring somebody in and everybody likes them and everybody wants to be close to them, kind of see what you see with, 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 with what's going on on small scale with Jackson State. Everybody wants to be on Dion's team. And they say, man, a black college, we never seen, you know, we getting home and away helmets and, you know, we getting on TV and we getting exposure to this, exposure to that. Now it's going to be a bigger thing. And I think that's what USC wanted to get back to. But I think just having a good coach is not going to be enough. They're going to need to have a big name and a big profile coach. I heard Airbnb's enemy's name being tossed around today. Ah, that'd be interesting. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's hit coach material or not. I just keep hearing people saying his name for four or five years now. And, you know, you got Pat Mahomes. We don't know if you can coach until you without Pat Mahomes. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, this, this, this. To me, if you was that guy, somebody would give you a shot. But, hey, who am I to say that? Or if the year he's going to prove it. Sometimes you get what you ask for. He he can get out there and, and fall on his face, or he can get out there and be a great coach. I mean, it remains to be seen. Like you say, until he does it without Mahone, we're never going to know, and without Andy Reid. But uh, one more college story, and then we'll get to the pros. Man, Alcorn State does not have a trainer on staff. The NCAA requires that a trainer be present at all practice, and they normally contract their, their trainers from Merit Health. They're scheduled to play Saturday, and they don't have a trainer. They can't play the game without a trainer. How in the world can a school where Jeff Bezos' ex-wife donated like $10 million not have a trainer on staff? Wow, that's crazy. I, I, tell, you, I, tell, you, I tell you how. Because, you know, I went to the school, so I know it's too many hands in the bucket. Mm. And it's like that at all these black schools. I ain't going to say all of them, but I'll say the ones that I've been to. You know, it's a lot of corruption. And the money is there. You just have to allocate it to the right places. You know, you always hear word of this guy, he's the president or he's this and that. You know, they did this, they did that. All is all alleged. But to me, somebody from the state or somewhere needs to track where all this money is going. Because unless you're building some new buildings and new libraries and everything else, where is the money? And you can't run a program half-assed. And to me, a lot of these schools, they try to run it half-assed. You got to have a, a staff. You have to have trainers. You have to have therapists. You got to have all the stuff that you need in order to run the program. And just because you make it through and nobody really gets seriously hurt and everything else, you think you don't need a trainer. That's very necessary. That's like you're having a hospital and you ain't got no doctors. You know, it it makes no sense. And, you know, I I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for 
the kids because you got adults at the top that are not having their best interests at heart. You know, to me, if safety is job one, how can you skip over job one and be on job five? Yeah. What if somebody gets hurt out there? Then, then, then all this talk about, oh, well, if you black and you come from the hood and if you send your kids to HBCU, we don't have to go to the big school over here. We can go here. The reason why you don't send your kids to no HBCU is because of shit like this. Because if that kid get hurt, who is going to put the best care on him? Nobody. Now, you somebody, you got, you, your daddy got $300 million. Okay, you can send him down there if you want to because he covered. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about Jackson State. Yeah, they got uh, Under Armour and all these people backing them up now. Now you good over there. But all corn and Jackson State been in the same boat for 50 years. Now you're starting to see what the difference is. And you want to send your kid down there when you know if he get hurt at Alabama, he's going to get the best care in America. Maybe even the world. Yeah. Nobody don't think about the kid get hurt. But this yeah. is, 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 is a bad look. It's very bad, man. And when I think about, like with Jackson State, you know, before Dion got there, they had one of the worst practice fields. And it took complaining, you know, for them to get it to change it, you know. And how you don't have a, a trainer, I don't know how much the contract with trainers cost, but it's a basic necessity of any sport. I, I mean, I, I don't know of any. You can probably find a 1A high school that has a train, they have trainers. So how in the world does a college not a college that was recently donated money? Now we don't know where the money went, but we know they were donated a lot of money recently. What eight digits? Wasn't it like ten million dollars, right? You remember? I thought I thought it was more than that. I thought it was in the sixties, something million dollars. I mean, I, I can probably look it up, but um and okay, I see it now. Uh twenty five twenty five million dollars. Twenty-five million dollars. Okay, and that was what yeah. last year. Yeah, twenty-five million dollars. Twenty-five million dollars is enough to pay for a trainer for at least the next two, maybe even three years. For them not to have a trainer, just absurd. Um, but like Ray said earlier, you know the SWAT schools have struggled for many, many years. Um, Dion. I mean, just Dion coming to Jackson State has changed the SWAT entirely already. Um, and I don't know if you guys followed the Senior Bowl. I know I do because I live down this way. But the Senior Bowl switched over there to the South Alabama um, yeah. stadium. Now, what the NFL is doing is they're doing a separate, like, pro day for just the Southwestern Athletic Conference at South Alabama. That's huge. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Just in this, I don't think any of this would have happened if it wasn't for Dion going to Jackson State. So I mean to get a get your own pro day for well, I think your it's for all office. HBCUs. I think it's for all yeah. HBCUs. I think it is all HBCUs, yeah. but I, just the bottom line of it is I just don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for him getting you know, putting the notoriety in the South, you know, in in the HBCUs in general, yeah. because some of the greatest play, well, 
the great, some of the greatest players of all time are from HBCUs. Mean Joe Green, Jerry Rice, Walter Payton. I mean, those are guys from uh, historically black colleges. And they're some, they're the, some of the best that ever played the game. Um, I'm not sure where Jim Brown played, but I think he played at HBCU too, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So, no, he went to Syracuse. He went to Syracuse, okay. But yeah. bottom line of it is, some of the best that ever played the game came from there, came from mm-hmm. the you know, historical black colleges. So to get them some notoriety, this will up the, this will up the ante on all those guys that are playing at HBCU schools because I mean, this is huge to come down ESPN, you know, going to be there, all the big sponsors, all that, you know, this is, this is huge. And, you know, and this is what you need to do, but then not have a trainer going into a game. You might have to forfeit because you don't have a trainer. Never heard of anything like that. That That's huge. So you they need, they need to take, they need to get a trainer there and get one fast, but you get $25 million. That's plenty of them to pay for the next three years. You can't yeah. blow call. Like you've been blowing calls, and you literally looking at the looking out in the crowd, and the crowd hollering this way. You turn around and point that way, and all that nonsense. And everybody on national TV saw what the call was and what it looked like. All that stuff got to get cleaned up. Now I understand that we can you can't clean it up all in one year or two years, but they need to tell these guys we got eyeballs on. On us now. You cannot lean one way or the other. You got to stay neutral with this. And I think that uh, the schools have to be more consistent. Like right now, what I'm starting to see is a lot of bum bashing. And Jackson State, now they have a lot of uh, guys that are coming in from D1 schools. I don't know what reason they didn't work out at D1 you're breaking up on me, right? But now they coming to breaking up on Instead of going now, you have three or four guys on the team with 20 sacks. Okay, yeah. well, when you show up to that blue-gray game, is you going to have that same intensity? Or are we going to start talking about, well, they still not giving the opportunity, they ain't doing this, they ain't doing that. I mean, to me, and and Dion is very smooth with it. He's doing good things. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, shut by Auburn. If you believe that you have the, the recruiting class, the number one recruiting class in the FCS and all this, okay, then why don't you put even a a Southern Miss on your schedule, and we'll find out how good you guys are. Because that's a 48 to nothing beatdown. You see what I'm saying? But he ain't going to take the million dollars to play them because he know what it's going to look like. But then we talking on the other side of things of, well, we doing this and we can do this, we can do that. I hear all of that. But I'm a guy that watched a lot of football over my time. And I know what it looks like. And anybody look different. They don't believe me. When they play, I spot y'all 25 points, and we'll put the money up. <laughs> and, yeah, Jackson State doesn't have any um, big-time competition as far as their schedule this year. And we'll see how um, They have Louisiana Monroe mm-hmm. next week. That may be the biggest school 
that they play um, this year. Grambling just played Southern Miss last week, and they got spanked 37 to nothing. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that they need to up their schedule a little bit. I know these schedules are done in advance sometimes, but come next year, um, it would be nice to have a bigger school on the, on the schedule, and you can see what these recruits can do. But, all right, we'll go ahead and move on to the pros. And, man, like I said, college just – Really been good so far. But moving on to the pros. And we'll start with the Thursday night game, the opening game, week one at Tampa Bay, 31, Dallas 29, Raymond James Stadium, 65,000 were in attendance to see the Buccaneers, Super Bowl champion Buccaneers open the season. And, fellas, this game was a lot tighter than um, what I expected. I think when we gave our predictions last week, um, I had Dallas losing by 10. I think you all had – I know Buck had significantly much more, and I think yeah. Ray had like a 17-point game or something. Uh, but they were able to keep this one very close. So first things first, how much of this do you think was just, you know, week one rust? Maybe Tampa Bay just wasn't, you know, feeling it that night or – well, let's put it this way. How how good do you think Dallas is and how bad do you think Tampa Bay was in order for them to be closer than expected? I don't think Dallas – I mean, Tampa Bay was just bad. I just think they actually came in there and think they were just going to blow the guys out. I mean, nobody really knew what Dallas was going to do simply because, you know, you really weren't hearing anything out of training camp. Um, you know, nobody really – the only thing you did hear – was Dak was still injured. He injured a shoulder um, during training camp and all that kind of stuff. So there were so many question marks about that. Um, you didn't know what their offensive line was going to be like. You didn't know what their defensive line was going to be like. They really didn't make any noise during free agency. So there were a lot of question marks in general about Dallas. There were no question marks about Tampa Bay because they re-signed every single solitary person that they had on the team during the Super Bowl, you know, during the Super Bowl run. So, so with that, except for Hay, who went to the Steelers. So with all that being said, um, you know, nobody, everybody just automatically thought, including myself, thought that, you know, Tampa was just going to run up, run away from them because there was nothing, there was no noise coming out of Dallas. Um, but for Dallas to keep this game close throughout, and really they should have won the game, if they wouldn't have missed the field goal and extra point, they would have won the game. So they could have changed the momentum and the points could have been even more different than just that, than just those four points they left on the table. So Dallas defense showed up. Their offense showed up. The guys played well. Um, they were given, they actually made Tom Brady look his age. Um, they were getting after him. Um, and it was, it was a surprise. Um, I know you can't, uh, you know, they cliche. They say it's a win for Dallas, even though they lost. Uh, Dallas showed a little something um, on Thursday night. They really showed something. And uh, I don't, I, I think Dallas is going to be one of those teams that just might make enough noise where they can actually get past that. Maybe they be nine and nine and eight instead of eight and eight. And maybe they win the division with a winning record. I mean, they showed a little something. They they had some heart. Um, still like to see a little bit more coaching. 
But um, it was in, it was very impressive to see you know, him actually be in the game. Like I, I'll be honest with you, you know, Tom Brady's gonna be Tom Brady, and even if Dallas had, well, first of all, I'm not gonna count that 60 yard field goal that was missed because nobody put him on 60 yarder. But um, if if he makes the 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 30 something that he missed, and if he makes the extra point, then the score is is 33 to 28. And I, I still think that Tom Brady has a chance to win the game with a touchdown. So I don't think it was a lock for Dallas to win if they had those points because Tom Brady had gotten down to uh, what the 19 yard line. And so I, I, there's a possibility he still could have won the game, but I, I will say this, right. Even though I, I think Dallas's defense played better in spots, I still think they're they're not good, but they're definitely better than they were last year. And um, they took advantage of a couple of mistakes that Tampa Bay made with turnover. The, the, the Hail Mary interception don't really count to me as far as a turnover. You had the tip pass by Leonard Fournette that he tipped up in the air. Uh, yeah, they took advantage of that, but they didn't necessarily – you can't say they necessarily forced that. Uh, maybe there was a pass rush. I don't know. But they did get two two turnovers that they, they had a hand in, and I thought that was encouraging. And also, they only allowed 3.7 yards of carry, even though I do think that Tampa Bay could have probably done more on the ground if they chose. But, Ray, were you surprised that, they, that Dallas chose to only run the ball 18 times? I mean, Zeke barely had any touches, and that kind of surprised me. Well, though. Uh... Yeah, you kind of broke up at the end, but um, I I think it was a good game. I think Tampa Bay has been given too much credit already, and the season hasn't even started. I mean, when you look at how they actually went, they won last year. You know, a lot of things fell in their favor. And, you know, when you look at Dallas last year before Dak got hurt, Dak was throwing for 400 yards and you know, getting a lot of yards and garbage time and guys were getting a lot of catches and everything else. I mean, it's similar to what happened Thursday. But the difference was the defense was a little bit better for Dallas. And, um, you know, is Dallas a better team than they were last year? I mean, that, that remains to be seen. I mean, they put up points last year. They, uh you know, had good weapons and everything they got now. I think Lamb is better than he was last year. And he started out slow. Help about a lot. But, um, you know, as far as Dallas's defense goes, I mean, you know, they got a few more pieces on there, guys healthy and stuff like that. So we, and plus Dallas is, is healthier than it was last year, although they didn't have Zach Martin, and it still was in better shape than it was last year. So, yeah, they had nobody last year. Uh, it, 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 yes, it, it, was, it was a very good game, but the thing is, I don't trust McCarthy, and I think that uh, Dallas has a lot of stars, and they're going to flash but will they be better? I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is early. I didn't expect Philadelphia to do nothing, but look what they did. So, I mean, it's kind of uh, 
a wait and see kind of deal with Dallas. You know, come out, he's gonna put up points and he's gonna throw for a lot of yards. And you know, the guy's throwing the ball around like that, he's gonna keep him close. But sooner or later, he close out some of these close games. Yeah. And uh, well, I was encouraged by what I saw. Dak, I didn't, I don't necessarily want him throwing 58 passes. Uh, he had 403 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception that came off of, uh, I believe it was Michael Gallup's hands before he went out the game. Um, two 100 yard receivers. Zeke only had 11 carries and 33 yards. Uh, so hopefully they can get the running game going. But I'm hoping the defense can can hang in there. They were nine for thir- nine for seventeen on on third down, so that was cool to see them um, have a good third down conversion rate. And they only got sacked once. And now they didn't have any sacks. They got a few hits on Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's hard to hit. So I'm encouraged going into next week, though. I mean, San Diego's going to be a tough challenge as well, having to go to San Diego. So that's well, not San Diego going to the L.A. Chargers. So that's going to be a challenge, but uh, we'll discuss that a little later. So we'll move on to Pittsburgh and Buffalo. And Pittsburgh 23, Buffalo 16. High Mark Stadium, almost 70,000 in attendance. And Buck, this was a tale of two halves. I mean, Buffalo had control in the first half. They, they didn't score a lot of points. It was 10 nothing at halftime, but it seemed like they had control. The Steelers looked kind of just slow out the gate. But the second half was a different story. The Steelers outscored them 23-6. to six. Talk about what you saw. Well, I mean, yeah, the, starting the first half, we were a little slow. And, I, and with a brand-new offensive line, I knew it was going to be some growing pains. Um, four rookies starting on offense, one starting on defense. In fact, every player that we drafted, was playing except for Quincy Roach, who got picked up um, for, by the Giants. So that I, I was telling everybody before the season started that this is probably the best draft class we've had. It could end up being the best draft class since all the way back in 74. Um, the guys played very well. It, it took a little while for them to get started, but they didn't panic. Uh, Buffalo just didn't have any answers. I mean, we, 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 the defense was good in the first half, and as far as long as they were on the field, they just didn't seem tired. That three-headed monster we got at outside linebacker was just – it was just awesome to see it on display. Um, rotating out Melvin Ingram with Highsmith or, or T.J. Watt, it just – the pressure was relentless. And also uh, Hayward was just – just steady causing pressure up the middle. So, but that second half, they settled down, everybody settled down, and everything started going. Special teams got into that with a block punt. And that block, block, block punt was just like the icing on the cake because at that point, that was big. The big that was huge. Bills had no answers. Um, Trey Nowood got the, I mean, no, the, the guy we picked up out of Detroit um, ended up, uh, I think, Witherspoon. Ended up, I can't remember who had number 28, ended up getting the block. And um, I, know, I just know he's out of Detroit. And we ended up getting that block, and Ulysses Gilbert running that in. That was just huge. So the guys just stuck with the plan. The play, the play calls started coming in, and they were, they were starting to execute. And it just, everything just worked out the way it needed to. 
And the, I mean, it was this was a big game for us to beat Buffalo at home because nobody picked us to win. Nobody, and except me. And I'm like, we're gonna win. And I, I, I know I did say 49 points, but at the same time, I, I knew we would win the game. And I, I didn't panic at halftime. I'm going like, it's gonna be all right. You know, tail the two halves. I mean, we typically play better in the second half. But Steelers got a big game, big, you know, big win on the road to start the season. That's huge. And I think we showed a little something with all the rookies on the offensive line to play the way they played, the poise they played with um, in the second half. It's just huge. They didn't panic. Defense was yeah. hard, or just hard all day. So, and Ray, Ray, we've seen Buffalo kind of do this from time to time to where they seem to go to sleep almost. It's like I, I can think of, uh, wasn't it a playoff game a couple of years ago? They had a lead and went to sleep and – it just seemed like they can't they they can't really just put a put a foot on anybody's neck. Ray, you there? Oh, you asking me? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It sounds like Buffalo yeah. can't they don't have that killer see, instinct. Oh no, nah, I mean um that all goes to leadership. I think that um Josh Allen needs to take better control of the team. I mean they 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 have in the first half, and then I don't know whether they believe what everybody was saying, and they just thought that they were just gonna come in, they was gonna win. But the second half, it was just a, a, a totally different game, and you know I think they they just basically fell asleep and they couldn't recover. You know it's 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 hard not to read the news clippings. When they see Josh Allen is going to be the leader for the MVP behind mm-hmm. Mahomes. Oh, well, they the team to beat in the AFC uh, with Diggs and, you know, and the newfound fame that the Bills got and everything else. Everybody believes that it's going to be the Bills. And like what we're saying, nobody really gave the Steelers a chance. I didn't think the Steelers was going to win the game either. But the thing is, is when the team starts believing all of that, it's it's hard to recover. Like being in a boxing match, if you're not prepared, it's too late when you once you're in the ring. So I think that that needs to come from the quarterback. The quarterback needs to talk to everybody, hold everybody accountable. And I don't think enough guys follow Tom Brady's lead when it comes to leading the football team because you really see a Tom Brady-led team have these type of collapses. If they get beat, they get beat because they got outplayed or something like that, not because they just collapsed. And, you know, I think they're young enough to learn from it, but right now it's not a good look for their team. Not at all. And uh, they're going to have to try to step it up and live up to expectations. Uh, the Steelers stayed poised, and the big special teams play. You had two games that turned on special team on block kicks this weekend, and uh, and they were able to to sit Buffalo down. So Buffalo has to figure that out and figure out what they need to do to develop that killer instinct. But we'll go ahead and move on to Philadelphia thirty-two, Atlanta six. And by the way, Eminem sent his predictions. 
last week. Of course, he has Philadelphia winning the Super Bowl. I don't even have to tell y'all that. Uh, <laughs> he has uh, – who did he have them beating? Was it – was it Kansas City? Let me go over some of this. This is what Eminem sent. Eminem has he has Philadelphia over Kansas City in the Super Bowl, um, and he had I think it was Devonte Smith as the MVP of the Super Bowl or something like that. But anyway, Eminem going Eminem. So, but he did get this one right with. Philadelphia uh, beating the Falcons. And, man, let me tell you something. I didn't see a lot of this game, but what I did see, I was watching the Red Zone channel, the Falcons looked bad. They looked bad. They could not do anything right as far as passing. 136 passing yards. Uh, At one point, Matt Ryan looked like all he needed was a chalk outline drawn around him on the field when he was stretched out. They ran the ball halfway decent, but they could not pass the ball to save their life. Cal Pitts, eight targets, four catches, 31 yards. Uh, Eminem said that he was very surprised at Jalen Hurts, that he was playing balanced and using his strengths, no rush decisions, nor did he try to do too much. And he said that Lane Johnson needs to improve. Uh, along with the rest of the offensive line, he's had too many careless holding penalties, which he said was was very uncharacteristic. But let's talk about Atlanta. This is for whoever just wants to speak, man. A- Atlanta hasn't been the same since they lost that Super Bowl, and now it just seems like they they're starting to become the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the seventies. That's for whoever wants well, to comment. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's look bad. Yeah, I'm surprised Atlanta didn't show up. And go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. oh, all I was going to say was, ever since the Super Bowl, they've looked bad, and they've changed the offensive coordinators. Um, Matt Ryan, when he was drafted by the Falcons, was supposed to be the next big thing. And to a certain degree, he has been that. But in recent years, he's just, he seems like he's dropped down a notch. Um, he's not in that elite category anymore. He's kind of like down in the mid-tier. I don't know what it is. It's something off. I mean, yeah, they, they don't have Julio Jones anymore. They don't have the big-time running game they used to have. But um, I think you know they, they you know they've made coaching changes. Maybe he hadn't bought into this new system. Maybe he's just fallen off and he's not going to pick back up. Mm. Who knows? But he, when I saw him laid out on the football field, I thought he was dead. So he I, was like, I mean, so they they got some big time issues, and now with Tom Brady being this, in this division. Um, and look like all the teams in the division except Atlanta has done something big as far as getting the players they need to get a you know to win the game. They bet they can't fall behind early. And this was a really ugly loss for Atlanta. And for Matt Ryan, the way he At played, this this don't look good. Yeah, they, they they don't look good at all. And I, I'm not sure what the answer is. For Atlanta, I mean, to lose at home opening day 
like this to 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 Philadelphia. And I don't think, you know, I, of course, I didn't have any high expectations of Philly. I don't think any of any of us did outside of Eminem, uh, which most, you know, he always seems to. But uh, man, Atlanta just looked really, really bad. It's, 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 I mean, like I said, Matt Ryan, 164 passing yards, sacked three times, 71 passer rating. And whereas Jalen Hurts was efficient, 27 of 35, 264, three touchdowns, 126 passer rating. And he ran for 62 yards. So he did everything he needed to do. Miles Sanders ran the ball well, 15 carries, 74 yards. So the Eagles look good. The Falcons look bad. Shut out in the second half. And I don't know where they go from here, but uh, man, that franchise is really going through it. And some of the other games, uh, the Chargers beat the football team 20 to 16. Justin Herbert had 337 yards passing. Uh, Fitz Magic got hurt in this game, and Tyler Heineke came in. Fitz Magic's put on IR. Is he is he done for the season? Anybody know? I don't know if he's done for the season or not. Um, I don't know. I did not hear what kind of injury he had. It's a, some kind of hip injury. He's out for a minute. I know that. Uh, he might be eligible to come back. And I'm just guessing. Said, probably about week. Fitzpatrick, Brian Fitzpatrick. He might be eligible to return by week ten or tw- between ten and twelve. Um, it's, oh yeah, it's hard he's going to be out for, for eight weeks, I think. Yeah, so mm-hmm. maybe he'll be eligible to return by week ten. So it, it's hard to tell, but I, I don't see Washington winning without Fitzpatrick. So, um, but the defense is going to have to carry that team, and in the NFC, that's going to be kind of tough. It's kind of tough for them. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, I mean, I like back. I like Taylor Taylor Heineke. I just don't know what he can do long term. Well, we just got to we'll see. Out. We got to see what uh, Riverboat Run got for him because you know he's gonna get he gonna coach him up. And everyone's talking about he needs to call Cam Newton. I don't know if that's the answer or not. But all right. So let's see. Arizona jumped on Tennessee with both feet, thirty-eight to thirteen. I didn't see that coming. Um, I mean, yeah, you can say Arizona could win, but I didn't think they would jump on them by 25 points. Kyler Murray, nope. 289 yards passing. And, man, what, what do y'all think about Tennessee laying an egg in the opening game? Derrick Henry couldn't get going. Uh, well, you do have to remember they do have J.J. Watt over there on that defense now. Um, but, see, this is the thing. They weren't a pushover last year, if anybody remembers. So you, they've added pieces to the puzzle. Um, Arizona's going to be somebody you have to be reckoned with this season with the defense that they got now and the pieces they have. And whenever Fitzgerald decides, you know, Fitzgerald may stay out to week eight and then say, all right, I'm going to join the team. You know, they got all kinds of options over there in Arizona right now. So um, I, I didn't think they would jump on with both feet and run over with a truck. But that was impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. And I think Derrick Henry would get going, but uh, it was just kind of a definitely a rough start for him. And so Houston 37, Jacksonville 21. Trevor Lawrence threw for 332 yards. Brandon Ingram had – Mark Ingram had 85 yards rushing. 
uh, for the Texans, but uh, it wasn't to be for Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. And how did y'all think Tyrod Taylor um, did? I, I thought that, uh, you know, he did what Tyrod does. He kind of managed the game well, and he was able to get a W. I mean, he didn't have super numbers, but he did 21-33 for 291 and two touchdowns. Man, he could have had – he could have gone for 10 or 15 for 115 yards, and they still would have beat Jacksonville. Come on now. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, three interceptions, sacked one time. A 70 passer rating. He didn't have the best debut, but he did throw three touchdowns. So, um, I mean, he can only get better, I, I would hope. And 49ers, 41, the Detroit Lions, 33. Detroit almost came back and made this a game. Did anybody see how this turned out down the stretch? No? No, I did, I did not catch that game. Yeah, this thing breaking up real bad. Is this me? Um. I don't know. You able to hear me, Buck? Okay. Clears the bell on this side. Yeah, it's hard for me to hear you. What you, you what, might, what, what, what you say? Um, I was asking, did you see any of the highlights of the 49ers and the Lions and how the Lions almost came back? No, I I I, I didn't see I didn't see it. I just knew the 49ers was way up, and then when I looked at the end of the game. It was like forty-one to thirty-three, and I was like, "Man, what did they? What did they do to to close the gap on them like that?" You know, and because uh, I I do know that I think Trey Lance either scored a touchdown or assisted on one or something like that, and Garoppolo had a good game, but then uh, Raheem. Moscow, or whatever his name is, he got hurt, and I'm like, man, all yeah. my running backs getting hurt from my <laughs> fantasy team, and yeah, I mean, Trey Sermon's hurt, Zach Moss yeah. is hurt, they all on the same team. Yeah, like, man, damn. So they've lost a bunch of people. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, so. I didn't, I didn't expect Detroit to do anything, but uh, the 49ers did what they were supposed to do. I don't know how good the 49ers looked or what, but um, I didn't expect Detroit to have a chance, and they didn't have a chance until the end of the game, so it pretty much came out the way I expected it to. Yeah, the 49ers uh, were very good offensively. With uh, I mean, Elijah Mitchell came off the bench and ran for 104 yards on 19 carries. And, I mean, Mostert had, was averaging 10 yards a carry when he got hurt. And they just went to sleep. They played a prevent defense. They lost a couple of fumbles down the stretch, and, and the, the Lions took advantage of it and got back in the game. Um, Hawkinson had eight catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. Jerry Goff threw for 338 yards and three touchdowns. And they were able to get back in it and kind of be a little feisty. But the the 49ers, they, they, they just fell asleep on defense, I think. But it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, what the what their MO is gonna be as far as the season's concerned. Uh, because Detroit really outplayed them offensively. It's just it took them too long to get going. And all right, so Seattle beat the Colts 28 to 16. 
and that was on the road in Indy. And Russell Wilson does what he did, what he does every single year. He starts off hot like an MVP candidate, 152 passer rating. And Carson Wentz was 25 of 38, 251, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked three times and he fumbled. He had a 102 passer rating, so he didn't have a horrible game. He just wasn't able to make the plays when it counted. And Seattle was pretty much in control of this game from the jump, and they were able to hold on 28-16. to 16. Um, The Bengals beat the Vikings 27-24 in overtime. I thought the Bengals had given this game away. They were winning uh, 21-7, and they went for it on fourth down and two from like their own 29-yard line, and they didn't get it. And that got Minnesota back in the game, and Minnesota put it in the overtime. And uh, but Cincinnati was able to to pull it off of a field goal. Carolina beat the Jets nineteen to fourteen. Sam Darnold took advantage of his old team, two hundred seventy nine yards passing. Christian McCaffrey had ninety eight yards rushing. I think he had like eighty nine yards receiving. The Denver Broncos beat the Giants twenty seven thirteen. Daniel Jones, Ray, you're up there in Jersey, man. What are they saying about Daniel Jones? Um, he was 22 of 37, but 261, 267, and a touchdown. Sacked twice, and he fumbled yet again. This dude loves to fumble. <laughs> yeah, he has a case of fumbleitis, but um, most people that I hear talk about Daniel Jones, they don't like him. I don't think Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. I think he's just uh, – he fumbles a lot. If he uh, can get control of the football, which is a major thing, I mean, that's what kept James Winston from getting $35 million a season, you know, was the turnover. So he got to get control of that. But I think he's uh, he has good skills. I think he can pass well. I think he certainly runs well. And um, But the problem is either his offensive line has been broken down or his running back has got hurt or his tight ends got hurt, or his wide receivers got hurt. So, I mean, he hasn't really played with a full team. But I think, to me, I think he's a, a decent quarterback, and I think he's coming into his own, but he hasn't learned to protect the football. And most people I talk to, they don't really like Daniel Jones because I think once you're a <laughs> quarterback and you come out of nowhere and you get drafted, I think that – um. And you get drafted high, I think the expectations, you can never meet them. And I think that's what his problem is. Yeah. That dude has 30 fumbles in 28 games. That's 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 a lot. 30 fumbles in yeah. 28 games. That's- that boy hot garbage. Y'all give him, you giving him way too much credit. Look, so- this kid, this kid got an arm. He can and he got and he can he can he can run. Yeah, like he can run like freaking Tyrod Taylor. Hell, I'll even put Steve Young in that equation. But this is the deal with this is the deal with uh, Daniel Jones. When he gets flustered, it's over. Okay, <laughs> he it's like he's got all this talent, but he can't, he this is the first he's the first quarterback, Caucasian quarterback that can't read defenses. That's his problem. <laughs> That's his problem. I mean, 
I, I mean, this when he when the defense is coming, he knows he's got happy feet. He know he does not know where to go, and that is his problem. You got that much athleticism, and see, this is what some. I mean, you got to you got to study your craft. Yeah, he went to the school for Eli Manning or Peyton Manning, one of damn Manning, father, son, whatever. Um, you know, he was groomed to be just like Eli Manning and all that shit. Yeah, I heard all the hard stuff, but he had a losing record in college. Okay, he's got the measurables of of today's NFL quarterbacks. He's six foot eighteen or whatever. He think he's six five. Yeah, <laughs> you know, two hundred and. 30 to 240 pounds. Yeah, he can run. He's got an arm, you know, to get, you know, he could pat, he could probably throw the yard, throw the ball like 80 yards in the air, but he cannot read defenses. Yeah, you got to have a good offensive line. You got, you got Saquon Barkley as far as running game goes. You got, and on paper, the Giants got one of the best teams on in the league. If you look at it on paper, they got, they got stars. But he can't get the ball to him because that joker does not – he doesn't read his check downs and he does not read defenses. Now, I mean, he, as soon as he sees he's in trouble, he's taking off. And that is a problem. So, I'm telling you, the Giants can't go – the Giants should win this division hands down, but not with Daniel Jones. They ain't going to have it. And I, this was a mistake to even draft this fool. He, he shouldn't even be – he shouldn't have been drafted. No higher than the sixth. In a, in a, <laughs> I mean, you draft this guy. I mean, you, you're talking about reaching. Man, they reach real far to draft your joke in the first round. So he is he is like third string. He he should be wearing the earpiece in his ear every Sunday. So, I mean, you might want to go ahead by week five, I think, or maybe even week three. I'd be changing my quarterback because you ain't gonna get it done with with, with Daniel Jones and quarterback. It, it, it ain't happening. Well, move yeah, over to Michael that should, happy, that should make you happy since you're in the NFC. I don't mind Daniel Jones at all, but I um, I, I see the potential. But it uh, he just has cut down on some of the mistakes. Have you been drinking tonight? I don't see the potential. So. <laughs> <laughs> the boy can't uh, beat defenses. He can't. He can't. He does. I mean. You got to read the check down. One, two, three, four. Throw it to the running back. Tight end. He, I mean, watch, watch, watch a game, and you see what I'm talking about. He, well, we get to see him Thursday night, so we'll oh, yeah. check him out. Yeah, and I hate to say that because my my friend Golden, she's a big Giants fan, and Nigeria's boyfriend, they're big Giants fans. But the boy can't read defenses, and he he cannot read. He can't go through his progressions, and. If you can't do those two things, you're not going to make it as a quarterback in the National Football League. He just doesn't have it. All right. He's never had it. All right. So Miami 17, New England 16. They spoiled the debut for Matt Jones, who threw for 281 yards. And uh, this was the game I thought that, that the Patriots would win. I think Eminem was the only one that took the Dolphins. Were y'all kind of surprised to see the Patriots drop this one at home? Yeah, I was surprised. Um, I, I thought, you know, I know that uh, Pam Newton is laughing about it, but um, this is. But one thing, we, you know, I really didn't think about this game. To be honest with you, the Dolphins own the Patriots, and it doesn't matter. I mean, even back in you know, the Patriots, always get, you know, these division games 
can go either way. You can throw the records out the window. The Dolphins always give New England fits. And, it, I mean, both times, their game can go either way. But you figured this time with Matt Jones, you figured that they would go ahead and put him because nobody knows what two are going to do. And it's every time you look around, Miami having a fire sale getting rid of folks. So, but you got a coach in Miami that used to coach in New England. So he knows how to beat New England. And uh, it was actually good to see Tua kind of settle in and get the job done. Um, New England still got some work to do. Yeah, this is preseason for the pros. That's what I call the month of September. So, you know, it's a little too early to kind of, you know, you can't be crowned on just yet. Yeah. It was nice nice to see New England get their ass whooped. Now, man, you want to talk about somebody who got whooped. New Orleans 38, Green Bay 3. They got stomped. They still getting their ass whooped. You still get no split, man. And did you see the? I, I, and you know the internet always wins. Have you seen the pictures of Aaron Rodgers and and uh, and Tom Brady? Because you know, you know, Aaron got his hair all long. He got white in his goatee and shit. Yeah, looking old. Man, man I, I'm gonna tell you this. You know, and some people are already. You know, it's already going out there that, uh, you know, he did he doing this shit on purpose. Um. But this is what happens when you hold out and you don't come to practice. Um, you know, we had a holdout in Pittsburgh, and he was at practice every day, working on the sideline, still going to team meetings and this, that, that, and other. I understand that Aaron Rodgers is mad. I get it. Got rid of some of his favorite players. I get that. And I understand you trying to change the narrative. But the last person that tried to change the narrative, you see what happened to him. Uh, you know, he's, he's still trying to make rap music. And the Ravens picked him up, and he still didn't get to play. So, no, let me on bail. Yeah. So, the thing is, I, I get what Aaron Rodgers is saying. I understand all that. But to, to let the Saints just beat the – I mean, look, they, they motherfucking ass. I'm just going to put all the curse words in. It shouldn't have, it shouldn't have made no – I've never seen Aaron Rodgers put just – I mean, it's almost like he laid down and just let him just screw him without a cursive reach around. I mean, <laughs> it, it just, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, nobody expected, I mean, you expected a, maybe a shootout because we do know that James Winston, you know, when he's not stealing shit, you know he his ass can play some football. <laughs> so I'm just putting it all in there so everybody can have some fun with this. But New Orleans just put, I mean, just, man, Aaron Rodgers, ass gonna be hurting the rest of the week because i mean it didn't make no sense to get your ass tore out like this i think that um james winston was the i want to say he was the first person to throw for less than 150 yards and have five touchdowns uh well which is kind of crazy when you think about it but yeah that game did not go how i expected but all right kansas city 33 cleveland 29 this game changed on a special teams play. And Cleveland looked like they had this game wrapped up, Ray, but Kansas City is going to be Kansas City, man, and they pulled it off. You there, Ray? He pulling the book. Right. Ray, you on mute. Okay. 
Yeah, Kansas City, man, pulling it off against Cleveland. What did you think about Cleveland? Man, Cleveland got probably the best roster in the league. But once again, I mean, they got Baker Mayfield. And, you know, Baker is a cool guy, but I don't trust him to lead a team past other well-led teams, such as the Tampa Bay's, the Kansas City Chiefs, and some of these other strong teams that are led by good quarterbacks and good leadership. I mean, Cleveland looked like they had the game under control, but you could always feel that Kansas City was going to do something to creep back in the game. I didn't expect them to score them back to back to back like that, but, man, they just they hit Cleveland so many different ways. They was literally on the sideline like they didn't know what, what hit them. And, you know, Pat Mahomes throwing back across his body and all that. I mean, it, it, Cleveland has a good team. But to me, if I'm Cleveland, I know they haven't had a quarterback as good as Baker Mayfield in probably since Bernie Kosar or something like that. But if they're going to go to that next level, I don't know if Baker can take them there. And I like Baker Mayfield, but paying this guy $40, 42000000 million a season. If it was me, I wouldn't do it. And I, huh? I was going to say, I think the only way they can really have some consistent success is they got to rely on that running game and keep that ball out of Mayfield's hands. Oh, yeah. They got they got three good running backs now. And, I mean, it, it, but you can, it's only so much ground chuck you can do, though. Nowadays, yeah. I mean, you get them guys 22, 23 carries of heat, and you still, you know, guys throw the ball sometimes. And you put all the guys in the box and stop Kareem Hunt and stop Nick Chubb and, and the uh, the other guy, I forget what his name is, but, man, you could try that. See, for one game, I would change up my, 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 uh, my game plan for that. And keep running the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and tire the defenses out. But if you try to go to the playoffs like that, I believe the Houston, I mean, uh, Tennessee Titans tried that, what, like two years ago. And it worked for them for a while to team caught up with it in the playoffs. So, I don't know. I mean, Cleveland had the team. They had uh, Kansas City on the ropes. But they couldn't knock them out. And when you don't knock a team out and they better than you, usually you're going to end up losing. Yeah, that's how it goes. And so they got to figure it out. Baker Mayfield, 21 of 28, 321 yards, no touchdowns. Um, an interception at the end of the game where he looked like he was trying to throw it away but didn't get enough on it. He was sacked twice. And Mahomes, 337 yards passing, 131 rating. Tyreek Hill was right at 200 yards receiving. I mean, what can you do? Cleveland going Cleveland. I mean, excuse me, Kansas City is going to Kansas City. All right. The Rams beat the Bears 34-14. Uh, this game, I don't know. It was interesting for a minute, but you, you kind of knew the Rams were going to just take control at some point. And um, Stafford had 321 yards passing to his Ram debut. And Montgomery for Chicago had 108 yards rushing. I think that was the first 
100-yard rush of the Rams had given up in a minute. I can't remember how many games it had been, but it had been quite a few, I believe. Uh, and so, but, of course, everybody was saying, you know, bring on, bring in Justin Fields and all that stuff. But uh, it looks like the Bears are going to be patient with him. Uh, Andy Dalton was 27 for 38, 206 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, three sacks, and a fumble, a 72 rating. Justin Field did come in and pass twice, two for two for 10 yards, and he had a um, a three-yard run for a touchdown. But we'll see what happens with that as far as if they're going to continue to start the devil or, um, over Fields. I mean, the crowd wants Fields, but um, – I don't know. I, maybe he does need to just take his time because I don't think the Bears uh, – well, I don't know. The Bears may have some expectations this year. I'm not sure. I mean, they did they did make the playoffs last year, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, all right, so the Monday night game, which was one of the craziest games of the weekends, weekend, the Raiders 33, Ravens 27. This game went into overtime. And, Ray, did you watch this game live? Yeah, I watched it. Man, you had to be yeah. sick when it looked like you all had won the game, found out that dude was down on the one-yard yard, yard line, and then y'all turned over the ball. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was definitely up and down with a lot of emotions because um, it seemed like we could have won the game probably three times before we actually won it. And, you know... And that's the thing with, with Derek Carr, too. Derek Carr is going to give you some sensational. He's going to give you some crazy. And he's going to give you some unorthodox. He's going to give you some silly. But you just hope that when this, all these adjectives stop, he give you some sensational. And last night he happened to give you sensational. But I, I tell you, it's, it's hard to, to get behind the guy when he plays like that Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, to me, just like Brian Edwards is very good wide receivers in the second year. Now, yeah. you didn't find the guy to the end of the game. This guy is, is all the coaches are raving about him. They raved about him in South Carolina. He had an injury. That's why he ended up going in the third round. Otherwise, he would have been up there with you know the Ragers and and the, the, uh, all the Justin Jefferson and all these other guys, he would have been made late first round or so. But the mm -hmm. thing is, is you didn't find the man too late. I mean, I love I love Darren Waller, but to me, you looking for Waller too much. When man, you got nice these guys that can catch the ball. Yeah, when you got Hunter Winfrey, who's great third down back, short handed. You got um, what's the name too? Uh, what's his name? Uh, you got Zay uh, Jones, Henry Ruggs. Nah, Henry Ruggs. You got Zay Jones. You got uh, we don't play Foster Monroe as much as we should, and I just don't understand why. Yeah, he you was in there I mainly think. just a block. Yeah. But man, you give him the ball, he run over people like he Travis Kelsey or somebody. Whenever they do, give him the ball. But mm -hmm. for whatever reason, we're not using our weapons. And we use our weapons the way we supposed to, man, we got a heck of a team. Look at Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is hurt. Mm 
last yeah. night and yeah. still had a decent game. You know, he ain't had that many yards rushing, but he had two touchdowns. Yeah. But we got to utilize these guys. You pay Ken Drake six, seven million dollars a year. You got to play these guys. And I don't think we do enough for that. That's where the problem come in at. But yeah, but the game was was uh one of the most exciting games though that I, that I've seen in a while. And you know our defense. I keep telling y'all, Max Crosby is as good as anybody. See, Nick yeah. Bosa and them, they got the name and all, but he good as anybody. Yeah. And um, I I thought the game was crazy. Um, I don't know if y'all flipped over on ESPN2 and saw the, the Mannings uh, and the, the little uh, show they had where they commentated on the game and broke down the game. It was, it was pretty interesting. And, Buck, I'm getting feedback about you having an earbud in or something. And so uh, it was pretty interesting. But overall, I, I thought the game was was pretty good. I thought the Raiders had blown it, but they were able still to get the victory. Carr had 435 yards passing, two touchdowns, an interception that came off a deflection, sacked three times. And Darren Waller had 105 yards receiving and a touchdown like i said targeted 19 times he had 10 catches they weren't on the same page for a minute but buck talk about uh lamar jackson man they got after lamar jackson that dude was running for his life yes he was um you know i mean lamar jackson did his thing last night um you know he kept you know he kept it interesting throughout the game his passing looked a whole lot better but I just don't think, I mean, he, he's actually, you know, he looked like he, he did some work during the offseason to try to learn, you know, try to get his craft better. Uh, I mean, that's something that seems like he's tried to do consistently. I don't know if it's actually, actually translated to the football field, but he actually got the ball downfield a lot last night, which was definitely different. They didn't, they didn't run the ball as much. Simply because they all their damn running backs are hurt. I mean, they lost two in practice last week. Um, that's the reason why they signed Le'Veon Bell, and I think the Tay Train got signed last week as well. So he looked pretty good last night. But I mean, the Ravens going to have to come up with some sort of, you know, he's got to pass the ball more. Um, I didn't like him coming out of college. Uh, so because I didn't, I think he, he relies more on athleticism than actually being able to read defenses and check downs and things like I was saying about Daniel Jones. Uh, but he one thing I can say about Lamar Jackson, he looks like he's trying to be more of a pocket passer and then utilize his legs only when needed. And that has a lot to do with Harbaugh and his coaching staff, you know, trying to get him to play better. And really, he's going to have to listen to those guys in order for them to go further if they plan on, you know, going, getting to the playoffs and going further and try to make the Super Bowl. But um, I can say this. The Ravens had the game won several times, but the Raiders just – they kept hanging around. Um, but the Raiders going – I don't have any confidence in, in Carr. I didn't have you – know, simply because – I mean, you saw what his brother did down there in Houston, and then I think he went to the Giants after that. So, um, 
if the if the Raiders gonna go further, they're gonna have to get another quarterback. Because uh, I don't, I just don't think that Carr has enough as far as you know that system to get it done. I mean, he he looked the part last night, but you get up against some of these bigger teams, you know, you're not gonna have all these second, third, and fourth chances. Yeah, so it was an interesting game. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, but the Raiders are able to pull it off in front of the home crowd, and uh, they 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 definitely kept everyone on the edge of their seats to wrap up week one in the NFL. And Willie Sneed, man, you got to catch that ball, bro. I know it came kind of hot, but you, you got to try to find a way to catch that ball. And so, and all right. So, the game. Talk about saying what? Right, I didn't hear you. Yeah, no, I was just saying. He said he was. He's tweeting before the game. Talk about how excited he is to be his former team, knowing good and well. Okay, you get out there. You do get a pass thrown to you, and this is what you do. You know, guys need to stay off this internet. <laughs> All right. Well, as far as um, how we did last week, when I checked the, the, the standings, the, the VUP standings, Eminem sits at the top with 11 and 5. He went 11 and 5 last week. Buck and Ray, y'all were both 10 and 6, and I was 9 and 7. So I got to tighten up in week two to try to get back on pace. But let's go ahead and talk about next week's games. And we'll start with the Thursday night game. The Giants travel to Washington. Buck, who you got? Giants and Washington. I got to get it off mute first. Um, I'm going to actually take Washington in this game because I'm just not sold on Daniel Jones and what he can do. I would like to go with the Giants because they, to, uh, to me, I think they got the better team overall. But Daniel Jones can't get the ball to the guys. And in order for the Giants to win this game, they're going to have to run the football more. And I just don't think that Daniel Jones wants to do that. I don't know what the, I don't know what the offensive coordinator is coaching or whatever, but uh, until I see something different, I'm going with the Washington football team. All right. And, Ray, who you got? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. Washington or the, or the Giants? Yeah, I can't hear you. Yeah, you're breaking up. Uh, Washington football team or the New York Giants? I mean, right. Can, you, can you hear me, right? It's going to be the quarterback, but I don't trust him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, so you can't trust who the quarterback is going to be for Washington. And Heineke, you know, he played good in one or two games with him. Get them past the Giants. The Giants has good defense, and you know the Giants has some good offense. Well, I mean Washington do too, but if you can't give them the ball, we're good. Is it? So I'm gonna take all the Giants. Okay. And I'm gonna go with the Giants as well. And Buck, you said Washington, right? I said Washington. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with the Giants. And so, all right, 
Ray, we have – oh, Eminem took Washington, by the way. Um, the Saints played the Panthers in Carolina. Eminem took the Saints. Ray, who do you have? Yeah, we can't hear you, Ray. See, Carol, Carolina and who? Carolina and the uh, Saints. Oh, uh, I'm going to have to take the, the Saints the way they played last week. I mean, Jameis can keep it up, you know, and he didn't even throw the ball a lot, but he went for touchdowns. So between him and Kamara, I got to take uh, the Saints. Buck. Saints. Okay. I'm going with the Saints as well. And, Buck, we got Houston at Cleveland. Taking Houston. Okay. I'm going to take uh, Cleveland. Cleveland has a very team. I mean, Houston surprised us this week, but I have to take Cleveland. All right. I'm going with, with Cleveland as well. Eminem took the Texans. Um, all right. Denver at Jacksonville. Ray, who you got? I'm going to take the defense. They had the experience. Okay. And Buck, Denver or Jacksonville? Denver and 21 over Jacksonville. <laughs> Got to have my 21 pick every week, and this is it. All right. All right. And Buck, New England at the Jets. Taking the Jets. Okay. <laughs> nah, New England Patriots all day. Uh, yeah, Eminem took the Jets as well. I'm going with the Patriots. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going with the Patriots. All right, got a grudge match. I'll let you two have at it. Hey, uh... I'm I'm gonna take Vegas in the close game, and uh, I think we we can pull this thing out. Thirty-one to twenty-eight. Uh, you just gotta utilize all weapons. We know Pittsburgh got a strong defense, but shoulders are the Ravens. We can overcome anything if we play together and we play smart. So I'm gonna take Vegas. All right, but. I like this game. I mean, this is this is a game that, you know, it's a throwback game to the 70s, you know, big team. The Raiders ain't coming to our house and whooping us. Um, I like the Raiders defense. I watched that game last night. NASA, yeah. those guys, they look good. But the thing, the Achilles heel is the quarterback. And he's going to be running for his life. We had 19 pressures on the quarterback yesterday. And he's going to get his ass with we're going to beat them 35-20-21, Pittsburgh. 35-21. All right. Eminem is taking Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm taking Pittsburgh as well. Um, I just think they're going to get too much pressure on David Carr. But we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. It should be a good one. All right. Next one, Buck, we got Cincinnati at Chicago. And Eminem took Cincinnati. 
I'm gonna have to. I'd like to pick Chicago in this game, but I'm gonna have to go Cincinnati in this game. Cincinnati looks pretty, pretty formidable. Taking Cincinnati. All right, and Ray. Oh, I'm taking Cincinnati. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. You know, I think that that was a combination. I mean, I think them beat Minnesota uh, early this week. So, yeah, I'm going going Cincinnati. All right. I'm going with Chicago. I don't know why, but uh, I I honestly just don't have an answer for you. But I'm going with Chicago. I just think that uh, they're going to be able to run the ball and do a little something. All right. right. Rams at Colts. Oh, man, Matthew Stafford with the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. The Rams is going to roll with Matthew Stafford. So, I'm taking the Rams. But Rams. Okay. And Buck, Buffalo at Miami. This is going to be intriguing, but not intriguing enough. Buffalo. Right? Yeah, I'm picking Buffalo as well. I think they're going to come back strong this week. Yeah, I got Buffalo. Eminem went with Miami. Um, So he's riding that Miami train pretty hard. All right, I don't have to tell you who Eminem picked in this one. Ray, San Francisco at Philly. San Francisco, 15 points. Even with all the backups? All the backups. As long as Kittle playing and and Garoppolo, I'm taking San Francisco. But San Francisco and about 14 points. All right. I'm going with San Francisco as well. I don't know about the points, but uh, I, I think that they're they're a good team and when they're healthy and that they can pull this one off. All right, next one, Buck got Minnesota and Arizona. Arizona, probably in about close to 21 too. <laughs> yeah, right. Taking Arizona all the way. All right, all of us taking Arizona. And I'm pretty sure I know how this gonna game gonna go too. Ray, who you got? I'm gonna take Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seventy-nine to fourteen. <laughs> Good gracious! <laughs> and Buck, fifty-two to three, Tampa Bay. Oh, Y'all are getting ridiculous now. <laughs> all right, and Buck. We got Tennessee at Seattle. Seattle twenty four over over Tennessee. Right, yeah, I'm taking, taking Seattle as well. Tennessee ain't showed me nothing last week. All right, I think everybody's taking Seattle. And Ray, you got Dallas at the L.A. Chargers. Oh man, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chargers because Chargers at home. 
So I'm gonna take the charges. All right, but man, this is a tough one to pick. Um but Dallas never wins out west, so I'm I'm taking the charges. All right. Eminem's taking the charges as well. Um I, I'm I'm going with Dallas. I think we can outscore the Chargers. I know they're capable of of throwing the ball a little bit, but I, I think that we can outscore the Chargers and the young Justin Herbert. And all right, but Kansas City at Baltimore. Well, it sucks that Baltimore got to lose and then come back and play Kansas City. And Kansas City going to win this game. Until I see somebody knock Kansas City off, I got to go with Kansas City. So, Kansas City in 10 over Baltimore. Right? Yeah, I'm going to say Kansas City as well. I think they're the better team. Okay. And the last one which I'm sure all of us will be glued to our TVs. Ray, you got Detroit at Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, as bad as Green Bay has played, I'm going to have to take Green Bay in this level field. All right. But, man, Green Bay better win this game, especially after the way they got their ass with last week. So, uh, if Green Bay goes down 2-0, then there's going to be a whole lot of controversy going on up there in Green Bay. So I'm taking Green Bay, but I'm, I would not be surprised if Detroit jump on these clowns. Mm. So just don't put that out there. All right. All right. So that's going to do it for the upcoming week. And real quick, I want to mention that the passing of Paris Harrelson, man, Used to be the linebacker for the 49ers for a minute. Um, he played with the Saints for a couple of years. Just 37 years old. Don't know the cause of death. But um, this is a guy that has Mississippi ties. He's from Florida, Mississippi. He played in my alma mater at um, Madison Central High School. And so it's very sad, man. 37 years old and he passed away. Um, and uh, like I said, I don't know the cause or whatever. But I just thought that was worth mentioning guy from Mississippi and we'll do three who am I's and we'll shut this thing down and so y'all ready yeah all right I am a six foot five well hold on Buck you're gonna have to to unmute your phone whenever you know the answer because I can't I can't talk while your phone's unmuted all right here we go I am a six foot five, 260 pound tight end. Drafted in the third round in 2013 by the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Gonzalez. Out of Cincinnati, Travis Michael Kelsey. Oh, shit. All right. I am a six foot two, 220 pound quarterback drafted out of Clemson in 2017 in the first round by the Houston Texans. Who um, am I? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, Derek Deshaun Watson. Last one six foot one, 215 pound wide receiver 
drafted in the first round in 2009 by the San Francisco 49ers out of Texas Tech. Who am I? Oh, um, uh, Mr. Crabtree, Michael Crabtree. Michael Alex Crabtree. All right. I'll just add an, another notch to the belt for Ray. <laughs> Damn. Damn you. All right. So that's going to do it, fellas, for this week. Uh, just a boxing note. Uh, didn't they say Sean Porter's will be fighting uh, Terrence Crawford in November? Or was it Errol Spence? I don't remember who he's fighting. Nah, One Crawford. Crawford. Okay. So that's in November. Uh, I'll probably check that out. But that's all I got, and that's going to do it for this week. For the Very Unsportsmanlike podcast, go to podpage.com forward slash 15 yards to get more information on the show and check out the archives. Everyone have a good day. Enjoy the rest of your week.